Welcome to the Construction Influencer Podcast, where we talk about leadership in construction. I'm your host, Nicole Sanchez. With me today is a beautiful Australian gal who lives in Arizona, Sasha Carter, who is with Mid-State Mechanical. Sasha, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Quick 30 seconds on who Mid-State Mechanical is. Mid-State Mechanical is one of the leading contractors of mechanical services in Arizona. Uh, We provide piping, plumbing, air conditioning, and cooling services to the commercial and industrial sectors. What is your role specifically there? My role there um, is encompassing on the special project side of things of the commercial industry. So anyone that's got a little project going on at the moment that requires new equipment for their heating and cooling, um, that's something that I look into, as well as existing customers with equipment and analyzing their current situations and seeing if there's improvements that need to be made or what kind of service and maintenance they require on their current equipment. And you're new to this not only just the company, but to this position as well, correct? Correct, yes. So one of the things that I really loved about you is, first of all, we met on LinkedIn, which I think is such a great platform for professionals to meet on. You were with another company and you left that company and you're now with Mid-State Mechanical. And the question for me was, um, were you scared to leave a company that you were familiar with to go to a new company? So talk to me about the transition that you took from your last position position into this new one. Sure. Um, I think there's always fear when it comes to change. Um, I'm not a huge (laughs) change fan. Uh, That's just my natural makeup. However, um, I knew that something had to change for my family. So I was in a position where it wasn't being conducive to my home life anymore and that was taking its toll so at the crux of all of it I knew that I wanted to stay in construction because I feel that's my second language almost I love it it's enjoy it's where it's it's my space to be me I just didn't know where I was going to land in construction so and I still and then I had no idea what was going to happen who I was going to work with how long it would take me to find another job but at the end of it all, I knew that I had faith in myself. I believed in myself that I would land where I needed to land because of my experience, because of the things that I've done in sales in my previous jobs, because of the network and the connections that I'd already made in the past year or so since being here. Um, So yeah, it was a massive leap of faith, um, but it didn't take long at all. So I'm interested to know, construction is obviously male dominated, right? why do you love construction? Because I can hear that you love construction. What about it? Uh, we're part of the 10 percenters. That's right. <laughs> we need little vests that say that, the 10% gang. <laughs> um, because my whole family's in construction. So my dad has his construction company, my uncles, all my uncles, six of them, um, my brother, my husband. So it's second nature to me. Uh, being amongst blue collar, uh, being out on job sites. But I feel like the opportunity to learn in construction is so much greater than any other role that I've been in due to the fact that there's so many elements. There's so many different contractors that you can work with. There's so many different levels of people that you get to meet and everyone contributes differently to get to the end goal, which is the same, you know, to build something, to have an right? So we're all working towards the same goal. It's just that everyone is adding different things to get there. 
What do you think that women bring to the construction industry? Fresh air, breath of fresh air, different perspective. Um, I have had a lot of subcontractors tell me how much they enjoy working with women due to detail orientation, you know, dot the I's and cross the T's. Yeah. Um, and just a different perspective on how things should go down, the empathy side of things, the way that we carry ourselves, um, how projects can be better and communicate more effectively again to get to that end goal. Yeah, I think that I can echo that whole empathy part or just the compassion, right? Like we bring the dynamic of love and compassion. Not that men aren't, but as women, we have just a different way um, to show that and to lead our teams in a way that is a little bit different than, than what men are used to. So I want to get into really quickly about what the podcast is really about, and that's about leadership. And I know that you've got the experience on both sides of the fence, right? Not only in terms of you have been a leader in companies, you've got background where you've been in positions where you manage people, um, but you also have been exposed to how leadership could have been done a little bit better and what it's supposed to look like. So in your experience, what do you think some of the most important traits of successful, efficient, effective leadership is? Yeah. Good question, because I, again, from both sides of the coin, I can talk to it, but also having worked and lived in three different countries, I can bring more perspective to that as well. Um, Australia's cultural workplace is exceptionally different to America. Uh, So Australia is kind of like a one-in-all-in approach, and it's very communal and flexible. We're Americans, and I've had to relearn this. So I might as well have got a lobotomy when I moved over here because everything that I learned, I could just throw out. Uh, but America is, they encourage um, like hierarchy and moving up the ladder really quickly. And those are the sort of things that I'm not used to. You know, titles don't really matter. It matters how you perform your job. Do you show up every day? Are you there for your team every day? Do you do what's required of you every day? Um, So those things are important to me. With the leadership aspect of things, um, for me, the most important thing is integrity. It flows downhill. So very from the very top, from the owner, all the way down to your blue collar guys, it has to be integrity as number one and I feel like the core values of what you see in a leader and what works for you will change over years as you mature and you grow and you experience more and you adapt feel like those things change so right for me right now integrity is number one I feel like when you have a leader who demonstrates that they're drawing on their own values to make decisions about the workplace and the people that you work with and behaviors and drive that sort of thing and if that if it's missing then you won't get the results you won't get the respect you won't get the loyalty from your people from the team can you share an example of a leader or maybe just yourself as a leader can you share an example of when integrity has been demonstrated absolutely so i think one of the major things with regards to integrity is don't ever ask anything of your team that you yourself wouldn't do. It's just impossible. Like I wouldn't do that for somebody. You have to get in the trenches with people. If you're not in the trenches and you're just standing outside dictating stuff, I'm not going to believe in what you're saying. 
you know. So that's where that one in all in approach comes from that I grew up with in Australia. Sometimes it hasn't flown over here in America because, you know, you want to separate the entities where the leader leads and doesn't want to get in the trenches with their team. And there's a place for everything depending on the dynamic, depending on the corporate entity, depending on all of that sort of stuff. Um, but for are leaders leading means to be in it with the trenches in my head right that's right that's my interpretation of leadership is truly being in there working with the team I uh, was on another podcast that I did not so long ago we talked about that you know leadership is really about working with the team and truly for me it's me working for for my team not right for me. So it's interesting that you say, you know, being outside of the trenches as if you're looking, you know, at the work being performed when really it is our job to be making sure that we're in there rolling up our sleeves and in the trenches with our teams. And that's, and that's the way that I prefer it too. And my previous employees have said the one thing, cause I always ask for constant feedback as well. So do little surveys and that type of thing um and one of my employees said she was just like you've never asked me to do something that you wouldn't be willing to put your hand up to do absolutely for sure um taking a step back into um where you were previously from a leadership standpoint what could have been done better with that uh communication I feel like is a huge one um especially when there is so many like it, when it's headquartered in a different state and there's different satellite offices um, and obviously the work from home scenarios that are going on at the moment I really feel like communication there's a part that it gets funneled through to leaders and it can stop there and that's fine but there's also a huge contingent that needs to also be spread out through the rest of the team as well so it needs to flow on from the leader yeah um, we need to have that, I guess it's like a flow valve really of what needs to be passed on and what doesn't need to be passed on because I think both are detrimental. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think communication is obviously one of the biggest keys to success, not just in leadership, but just in a high functioning company in general, right? Like the, right. that teams and leaders communicate is so, so important. Um, your new position with your new company, what is really, really great about the leadership there? It's more my style. <laughs> it's very relaxed, but it's also very positive. And if you have an idea, it's supported. It's go and do it. Go and try it. Sure, we're not going to knock you for it. You know, so I've come up with four different ideas already in the week that I've been there. And it's like, yeah, absolutely go for it. So that's new for me. That's awesome. Yeah. Great because that speaks, I mean, they're, they're open to whatever is going to work for the success of their company. Right. And it does a couple of things. One, um, it allows you to feel like what you have to say is valuable. Right. Right. And then two, it shows that they're open to whatever will be help their, their company be successful. They're like, try it out, Sasha, see how it fits. And I think too, that whole open-mindedness concept as well, because I bring almost two decades of sales experience in very different arenas. They all contribute somehow, somewhere along the line. Um, so just because I haven't been in the mechanical industry for 20 years doesn't mean that I don't have interesting ideas. So to have those ideas supported and encouraged 
is really brilliant. And again, that just boosts your confidence up another notch as well. Absolutely. Before I forget, um, talk to me a little bit about your success as a salesperson. What practices do you put in place that makes you so successful? Follow up and being transparent. (laughs) Follow up seems to be one of the biggest things. And as Grant Cardone says, fortunes in the follow up, right? Yeah. What are your practices in terms of follow up? So obviously we just need to qualify initially to make sure that you're not following up on something that is absolutely a dead lead, um, but follow up with the interest of helping that person. So, or helping that customer, helping that arena. Uh, you need to make sure that when you're following up, you're doing it out of conversation and not out of a sales pitch. Perfect. Sure. You know, there is no time frame for, a sale because it's different in every industry. It it's dependent on your relationship building and your rapport and your networking and all of those contributing factors that go into your follow up to make you an exceptional salesperson. But second to that will be the honesty and the transparency. There's never a moment where someone's like, "Oh, you're a salesperson." Yeah, I am. You yeah. know, so I I don't hide that fact. But what I think is so beautiful about you and it, you spoke to it in the original message that we shared together on LinkedIn. Um, You shared with me that you had created some relationships in the industry that allowed you to get into the position that you're in now. And I think that's really what this is all about, right? All that sales is really about is about creating relationships because people do business with people. People don't don't do business with companies. And we know that, right? right? The more the more clients that you have that realize that you're really here just to develop a long lasting relationship, the more successful we are as salespeople. Yeah, absolutely. And I learned very early in the piece um, that people buy you first. For sure. They don't buy the product, they buy you. So I was fortunate enough over that year um, of working in construction in Arizona, I made some fantastic connections and a lot of them are friends now. Um, so I resigned on a Wednesday night and a previous customer of mine reached out for an interview on Friday and I had a job off a Friday afternoon. That gives me like, literally I get chills speaking when you talk about that. And I read it again on your message today because I was like, man, it really did. It was like a leap of faith for you to go. I don't know what's next, but, um, I'm done here. And yeah, that whatever was supposed to happen next was going to happen. It actually reminds me of a quote. This is off. This is something that I posted yesterday and it it reminds me of you. It says, um, I don't know who said this, but a bird sitting on a tree is never afraid of the branch breaking because her trust is not in the branch, but it's on her own wings. Always. And when I read that yesterday, I was like, that is Sasha completely. And it's inspiring. Yeah, I mean, I think it comes a lot with maturity as well and trusting yourself and the things that you've gone through in your previous, like, experiences and decisions. You know, I left an entire country and my family in Australia to marry an American. (laughs) You don't like change. And I don't like change, and that's possibly the biggest thing you can do. (laughs) I ended up over with a suitcase and a wedding dress, and that was it. I started from scratch. I love it. It is so inspiring. So on that note... There's a million people in this world that are not happy in the positions that they're in. So what wisdom do you have for those people? 
think the first thing I would do is just ask yourself why. Why why are you fearful for change? Like why what's stopping you from doing that? Is it because you're the main provider of your family? Is it because of health insurance options? Is it because the workplace isn't a good fit for you anymore? Is it the culture? Is it their values? Ask yourself all those questions and then you will find that there is a solution outside of that company for every single question that you ask yourself. It is not the end of the road. If it's insurance, you can buy insurance. If it's, you know, if it's culture, there's a company out there with better culture. There is always something else and there is always a solution. So being stuck, you just have to think about the solutions a little bit more and have that faith in yourself that it is going to be okay. Yeah, I hear just getting really face-to-face with those fears and addressing them one by one and just checking it off the list. Like, okay, it's not as serious as I think it is. There's a solution for this. There's a solution for this. And then you buckle up and you take the leap and you land in a position that is, you know, much better than the one that you had before. Not just from a, you know, a company culture standpoint, but it sounds like from what you shared with me in your message, it's really something that you didn't know was attainable right, right now in your, in your life. And it, and it happened and here you are. Yeah. I, I'm super thrilled about it. I'm excited about it. You know, I was fortunate enough to have a husband that allowed me the space to make those decisions. Um, because he's always said to me, he's like, you don't have any fear about anything. He's like, just go do it. So those sort of, you, you always have to be your biggest fan, but when you've got someone else, like hype girling you on the outside as well. It always helps. Yeah. Speaking of biggest fans and husbands, because they typically are our biggest fans and they push us to be who we're really supposed to be. Who are the most two influential, influential people in your life? For sure. It would be, um, I'm going to take this from an emotional standpoint more than a business standpoint. Um, for sure. It would be my husband. Um, as I mentioned, he is, he is just one of the best humans on the face of the earth. He has taught me so many things about myself, um, especially patience, um, and that not everything's a race. You know, we don't have to be anywhere by any certain age or achieve any certain goals by the end of the year or anything like that. Should we have them? Yes. Does it matter if we don't get them? No. So um, he's been truly instrumental in my, what I like to call my second career since I've moved to America. Um, and also the other one would have to be my mom. When I started my business in my, in Australia, in my early thirties, it was tough to take on all of that stress and learn how to run a company and all of the different elements that go into it. And I had a meltdown and I went over to mum and she just laughed at me and she's like, are you being serious? And I said, yeah, very serious. And she's like, oh, babe, you've never failed in anything in your life. Don't worry about it. And that was it. And I just thought my mum's never seen anything that I've ever done as a failure. It's just like a learning curve for her. And just for her to say like, oh, you'll be fine, which is a very Australian, like nonchalant kind of, "Ah, get over it. You'll be fine. Yeah. Move on. Go do this. Yeah, exactly. It was almost, right. right. And the fact I was like, maybe I should start seeing myself how my mom sees me. You know, instead of this imposter syndrome that I'm running through my head all of the time, maybe I should just be like, you know, a little page out of mom's book there. Yeah. How do you see you? How do you see you? How do you I see, see you? Yeah, I see myself as successful, as um someone who loves a challenge 
um, I see myself as making sure that not only my family but my team, everyone that is part of me is successful. That's my end goal because there's no point just you being successful. Mm, for sure. You have to share. You don't have to, but I think it's like this more sweet when you can share success with everybody around you because everybody. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Okay. We're wrapping up here. So are there any questions? If you were me, if you were interviewing yourself here, did I miss anything? Are there any questions that you would have asked yourself? Uh, the only one I would have asked is about the culture change from Australia to America, but we kind of hit on that. <laughs> yeah, I actually had that written down. And when you went into it, I was like, that was perfect. Because when I read your uh, LinkedIn message again, you mentioned specifically, you know, Australia is very different than America in terms of culture. And yeah. that question, I, it says, Ozzy, work, culture. So thank you for hitting on that because I was, I've, I haven't been to Australia. I haven't worked in Australia. I don't know what it's like over there. but. Um, based on what you have to say, I would say don't ever lose a little bit of that culture because it's about your performance, right? Correct. Much about yeah. hierarchy of who you are and where you are, but so much more about what are, what are you contributing and what's the performance. And I love that. So I'll take a page out of Australia's book. <laughs> Done. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. One life quote or just something, a phrase or something that um, means something to you and why? I've always run off, feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm. Always. I thought people that did triathlons were maniacs. I signed up and did a triathlon. Isn't it fun? I, I'm never doing one again, but yes, it was. But I've never done a triathlon, but I've ran marathons and I've kind of done the whole, you know, everything that you could possibly do in the health, fitness side of the oh, world. Yeah. But it's cool because it's a challenge. It's a challenge and then you kind of get into understand their psyche because they're a different type of people. Yes. And, and then you've got something else to talk about. And I also thought jumping out of a perfectly good plane to skydive was just absurd. So I did that twice. Yes. Oh, you did it twice. You could just do it once. No. Yeah, you did it twice. Wasn't it so awesome? It was sensational. I never thought I would like it as much as I did, but wow. Incredible. Yeah. That is the best. Just doing those sort of things, you know, getting out of your comfort zone, lean into fear because it's really, it, it's kind of a non-existent feeling, you know, like I don't want to say that it doesn't exist, but for me, it's just like, no, that's something that I've created. So I'm going to do it and see if I like it. It's whether or not I like it or if I do, that really is the deciding factor if I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. But I always, always lean into fear because you just never know what's on the other side. Yeah, I believe it too. You just come face to face with it and you've got a you've got a choice to make. Either you go through it or it takes you down and that's not an option. Right. Right? Ten percenters. That's right. Don't forget. <laughs> Where can people find you? I know I found you on LinkedIn. Where can people find you if they want to reach out to you and chat with you, hear a little bit more about your story? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so LinkedIn, Sasha Carter. And also on my email, which is scarter at midstatemechanical.com. Thank you so much for being here again. Thank your family for sharing a little bit of time with you on this Sunday. I truly appreciate it. We're both moms. We have families. You just got to do what you got to do sometimes to get it done. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for your time. We'll talk soon. Take care. Thanks, Nicole. Thanks for joining. Make sure that you like subscribe and share. I'll see you guys soon.